Wild Wars Live. The digital revolution is in full swing, roaring ahead here in uh, mid and late February. Uh, we've got a lot of snow around the country and a couple of my uh, buddies here on the call. We've got uh, Bonnie in Chicago and Bill in Philadelphia have sort of muddled their way through the blizzards and we're doing our best here. So you folks in warmer and less snowy parts of the country, uh, all the best to you for you know, having it easy and to the people in Texas and other parts, you know, our hearts go out to you and we hope you get uh, all, all the power restored and everything. And if I could just say, Bonnie, before we start, it is, uh, you know, a testament, right, to all of the incredible innovation and technology and capabilities we have. We are still at the mercy of the world around us, you know, when uh, when these things happen. But Bonnie Tinder is the CEO of Raven Intel, one of our monthly digital all-stars and Bonnie's weekly subject is about customers and how they try to deal uh, with the uh, challenges and issues of digital transformation. Bonnie, thanks as always for being here. It's great to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Excited about con the conversation today. Yeah, Bonnie, and you've always got interesting angles to bring up and uh, share your, your uh, perspectives and expertise with everybody from what you've done a lot. And um, Raven Intel, you know, you do peer reviews for software implementation projects. So you've, you've really lived this subject that you want to talk about today, which I, if I try to put a quick headline on it, would be something like the elevator pitch to your CEO. Absolutely. And, you know, these digital transformation projects take months, many months or years to complete. And it's so important to have a regular cadence of communication to keep you know, all of your stakeholders, including your CEO and, and potentially the, the board aware of the progress we've made throughout. So, um, you know, an important topic for anybody going through a digital transformation or really a project of any scale. Um, I think there's a lot of takeaways here, um, whether it's digital transformation or some other big project you're, you're managing. Well, Bonnie, right, uh, right behind you there. That's a, that's a great thought. The art of communication is the language of leadership. So, yeah. Um, without uh, an ability to clearly communicate some of these issues uh, or, you know, the projects, their value, their potential, um, the conversation, right, just gets lost in a numbers game and people don't always get the picture of, you know, what could be possible here. Without a doubt. And I think, you know, such a big part of these projects is what actually happens and the outcome of those things. But if you can't communicate the results or the challenges so that you can get help um, to make sure that a project is successful, um, it really does you no good. So the communication aspect and how you package um, success and impact to the business is just as important as having a successful uh, project. Well, Bonnie, why don't you jump into that? You know, you've got a, a great set of ideas here. What, what's the first thing to the folks need to bear in mind? Mm-hmm. I think number one is that you want to keep communication regular. Um, so whatever that cadence is that you agree upon, whether it's monthly, weekly, et cetera, you want to, to set that and keep that consistent throughout the duration of your project. If it's a monthly status update, if it's a weekly status update, don't miss uh, those things or you know, started at the beginning and then midway through the project, you know, all of a sudden that becomes a quarterly update or something like that. So you want to keep that cadence regular um, and get people very used to, you know, hearing the progress report of a project at certain intervals. 
Um, you know, I, th I think a weekly uh, email is pretty much standard, but what I'd add to that are, you know, some of the things that will help communicate uh, your progress going on. So if you do a weekly email, um, you know, regular weekly email, make sure that you have then a landing page that let's say has a record of all of the previous updates that can be looked back upon. Um, but point number one, just in general, you want to keep that cadence regular so that people are used to hearing from you and expect, uh, you know, a, a progress report um, along the way. And Bonnie, it looks like you've leaned on your 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 pal Mark Twain. Uh, you know that there's to cut out some excuses that uh, that all of us sometimes tend to lean on. For sure, and and Mark Twain, uh, you know, has a great quote that was, "I was going to write you a short letter, but I didn't have time, so I wrote you a long one." Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I think the second main idea with communication is to keep it simple. Um, you know, so much of the time, you're going to need to communicate the status of your project almost in an elevator pitch when you run into somebody, you know, in the hall or in an informal sort of exchange. And so you want to make your points brief and impactful. Um, so think about your status update in terms of if I had to deliver an elevator pitch for my project right now, what would I say? Um, and, you know, there's going to be so many things in your project, you know, from tasks and dependencies and team changes and all of those things that you could write about. But what when you actually do want to, you know, have that regular cadence of communication, you want to keep it simple. And, um, you know, the other thing is, is don't use a whole bunch of jargon or technical acronyms that nobody understands. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you want to be able to speak plainly and in English because many times your summary and that project report isn't just going to be with the board or the CEO. That gets distributed to a whole bunch of people that aren't gonna have the sort of intimate knowledge of, of certain terms as you do. So keep it simple and avoid acronyms and, and tech jargon if you can. Yeah, and Bonnie, I think that, you know, your, your point there about the language and to use the language of the audience that you're communicating to the people who are receiving this is, is so important because otherwise, right, everybody's bombarded with lots of stuff all day long. And if you see something with a bunch of three and four letter acronyms and some words in there that start to give you a headache and make your eyes glaze over, people are just going to flip it aside. And right away, you know, you have made that project five or 10 or 20% more difficult because people aren't paying attention. And when other priorities are suggested or competing projects come up, there, there's going to be nobody behind it, right? That nobody gets it and nobody feels passionately, this is going to help us make money. This is going to help us dazzle our customers. This is going to help us do things our competitors couldn't dream of doing. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I always say, give it the mom test. If you can explain it to your mom and she understands what you're talking about, that language is probably good. If all of a sudden you start confusing people with acronyms and things like that, as soon as somebody is confused, they shut off. And the, the less shutting off that, that you know you can that you can do with people, you want to hold their attention because you need their support throughout the project. And so keep that language plain and simple so anybody can understand it. 
Yeah, Biden, because right, the fallback position on that is at some point, there, you know, there's a big meeting to make the, the final decision. And you come in and you say, well, look, I know uh, I didn't do a good job of explaining this. And I know none of you really understands how this is going to help the company. But I still expect you to put $5 million in this, uh, you know, for me over the next nine months. Without a doubt. And I, I think that brings me to a, another really important point, which is that you want to reiterate the central business goals of the project in every communication. Um, you know, I'm a huge believer in naming and branding projects that give them an identity and help tie back into your main business goal or the impacts that you're looking for within the business. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, keeping those, those sort of titles um, sort of short and punchy, but also relative to the, the impacts that you're going to make really help to reiterate those goals in every single communication. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, some HR transformations that I've seen, um, some really good examples. I had one company that did, you know, Project Thrive with um, the HR capitalized mm -hmm. in the word Thrive. Good example, because that was an HR transformation project. Another one was, um, you know, the company's name. So X, future experience. So mm -hmm. X employees, future experience. So that's looking at, you know, some you know, employee experience and sort of branding it that way. I think those are really good examples because they say sort of what the end mission is. Bad examples, mm -hmm. and I've seen these too, is um, HR transformation or uh, acronym HRT. And this is a true story. Um, one company branded their project HRT, and literally somebody thought that meant hormone replacement therapy. So HRT can, to the point of, um, you know, uh, project naming and acronyms being really important, you want to make sure that you're really communicating in very clear, simple terms. And, you know, something as, as big and broad as HR transformation, that inspires and gets nobody excited. So, yeah. um, you know, really reiterate those central business goals of, of the project on a very regular basis and in every communication. Bonnie, maybe there's an opportunity for somebody to create an app and it would be uh, acronym tester and you read it and then it'll spit back. Out. So no, but gosh, I think that is so true because right uh, at the same time that people in the technology part of an organization are trying to be thought of as mainstream business people. We don't want to be seen as, you know, isolated or somewhere over, you know, in our own separate world. Sometimes the language you use unintentionally is right. And uh, that, that example you gave about make this thing come alive, make it personal, make it relevant to where the business is, where it's headed and what the priorities are of the people who are going to be making these decisions. You know, that's, it makes perfect sense. And Bonnie, I know you've got uh, some great thoughts coming up here about how to use a dashboard moving forward that, with this to keep people up to date. But let me just uh, please pause for a second here for a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets where automation is paramount yet effortless. And when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A game. So Bonnie, um, words, language, names, 
uh, are all appropriate in here, but you've also feel like there's got to be some, some, uh, you know, some meat here on the bone that people can work through maybe with a, and you've got some suggestions about a dashboard and some KPIs to, to focus on. For sure. And, you know, certainly in, you know, the business that I'm in, we, that's what we are measuring at the, at the, uh, you know, the, the finish line of a project are those standard KPIs, but, you know, during the project, you want to make sure that you are looking at, um, you know, some, some very simple metrics that you can, number one, measure over time um, and, you know, make sure that those, you know, you're measuring the same thing consistently throughout. Um, and then also at the very end of the project, be able to do a, a look back and say, did we hit the milestones um, you know, and, and things like that, that we had expected, if not, you know, how much over were we, et cetera. Um, but, but that dashboard on a regular basis is going to be a very quick and simple way um, that you can go beyond the, you know, red, yellow, green sort of, um, uh, you know, just that, that very broad, vague, um, you know, our project's on track or, or it's not. Those KPIs are really going to help create those benchmarks so that somebody very quickly could say, oh, well, you know, here are all of the things that are potentially going to be late in this project, or here are what we need to expect um, in terms of extra budget that we need to um, accommodate for this with that, with that standard dashboard. And, you know, so, so you want to keep that dashboard, I would say, you know, overall, easy to, um, you know, to keep updated because that's the other aspect if you're going to do a dashboard that it has to be updated. And that's the, a very quick way to lose credibility is you have a great dashboard. Well, it's only updated, you know, once every three months or something like that in a scramble before you have a meeting. Um, so, you know, agree on a very small set of metrics, what's most important to measure, but then keep consistent with that. And, um, you know, don't let those, you know, that, that progress report or the, the um, update of that, that data, um, you know, fall short, because that's a, a really quick way to lose credibility is if, if you're not keeping what you said, um, you know, you're going to be measuring up to date. Yeah. And Bonnie, a few minutes ago, you mentioned the thing about the mom test. And in another context here involving moms, I learned early and often that uh, my mom always knew what was going on. And if I tried to uh, talk around some bad news or hide it or just sort of pretend it didn't happen. The outcome uh, was not good. So you've got some strong thoughts on this, on, you know, being square, being open, being very upfront about both the good news and the bad news within projects. For sure. And, you know, I think in terms of communication, well, you always want to be selling the projects and the strengths of the projects and all of the folks who are, you know, really doing a, a, a great job making sure the project stays on track. You also need to be real because none of these projects, um, you know, are not without challenges and sometimes big challenges. And you're going to need executive support and you're going to need, you know, things throughout um, potentially to be addressed and their help to get things back on track when they, when they slip. And so I think number one, you always want, you want to give the good news. So celebrate the milestones and the team members who made, uh, who, who made a difference, um, you know, celebrate the things that you're seeing in terms of early impacts. So 
reduced time or workload and all by also how much, how much um, are you increasing speed and efficiency and also by how much, um, how much are you reducing costs and expenses and by how much. So get specific in all of those types of good news, um, you know, and, and all of those things are important to point out, but you also need to deliver the bad news um, if there is bad news to be had early and, um, you know, make it actionable in terms of here's the bad news, here's how, you know, we're going to fix it, and here's where I need your help to make sure that we can get past this. Um, you know, the worst thing that you can possibly do is hide that bad news until it snowballs and nobody can really get the project back on track at that point. Um, you know, and voice things that come up, you know, as early as possible so that there's no surprises, you know, at the end when you lose a, a project lead or all of a sudden your SI is underperforming and, um, you know, you probably should have fired them, you know, six months prior. So all of those type of things, your concerns should also be voiced in that communication so that there's never a time that they could, you know, your, your team uh, or the executive group could go back and say, well, why am I hearing about this now as opposed to, you know, three months ago when we could have solved that. So, um, you know, good news is, is good, but bad news is also equally important to report. Finally, you know, the uh, human nature being what it is, uh, we're, we, we can all be very good at rationalizing certain things. And, you know, we might say, well, somebody could say that's bad news, but I, I'm not sure it's really bad news. So I'm not going to bring it up. What are a few examples of the types of problems or issues that even though you might not want to service them, they really need to be brought up and out into the open? Yeah, um, I think the biggest one is, is any team changes that you anticipate. So good example of, of what you just mentioned is somebody got promoted. That's amazing, right? It's cause for celebration. Somebody's getting promoted internally. Well, that means then that their role in the project is, is potentially going to change. So if there's a ramification where uh, you have a, a team member who all of a sudden is gonna get pulled into a different project, that needs to be communicated early so that you can get somebody else to take their place. And you know, you're gonna want another A player to take their place. So communicating any sort of team changes or tone, turnover is, is important. Also, if you have um, you know, voluntary turnover, somebody leaves the organization and you have a concern, or maybe you see a pattern, hey, this person looks like they're not necessarily fully committed. You know, I have poor performance of a team player. You're best getting rid of those, you know, type of, um, you know, either poor performers or uh, performers that you, you know, team members that you know have competing priorities. Get rid of them early or address those early um, and, and get, you know, a replacement in that is, you know, also a, a top player if you can. Other um, examples um, is, you know, your SI that you thought was doing a great job for you isn't really, um, you know, able to handle the, the demands of the project, or maybe they've changed the team. That happens all the time. And they've given you, um, you know, now the junior varsity team instead of the A players that you thought you were gonna get. All of those things, you, you know, when those surface, those aren't just, well, let's sweep that on the rug. That's not going to be a big deal. I, those would absolutely need to be in a project 
um, you know, sort of uh, communication, um, you know, er as early as you know about them. And then Bonnie, you know, these things that go in cycles, right? It, it wasn't that long ago, um, you know, not, not that many big a number of years ago that some of these projects could go on for 18 months, 24, 30, 36 months. And then be like, you get to the end. I was like, phew, okay, you know, we're done. And you, everybody moves over to something else. But it seems like in the digital world, these transformations aren't, they don't necessarily end. They just escalate or they evolve into something bigger, deeper, more incessant. So how does your, you know, your, your counsel here about communication involving projects, how does that go when you get to sort of a, an end state of a certain project? Right. And to your point, you know, these projects are, are, are ongoing. So you have a milestone where it's a go live, but know that you're going to still have work following that. Um, on the other hand, in those major milestones or those moments that matter, like a go live, um, you know, I think it's really good to do a post-mortem with your team and also back to the executive team as to here's what happened. Here's the outcome of this potential, you know, particular phase of the project. And, you know, what I would say is how you communicate the completion of a certain phase um, is, is really, you know, if you do it well, it should be a career booster for you because you'll have very measurable impacts that you can communicate. So what were the final impacts versus what were your expectations going in? Um, and a well-documented project that shows results is something that you should put on your resume. Um, you know, we reduced month-end closing time by more than 30% and we're able to save, um, you know, or increase working capital by 200 million, let's say. That, I mean, that's, that comes from an actual project um, result recap. And so the ability to come up with statements like that, that show a very specific measurable impact to the business, um, that's the type of stuff that you wanna make sure that you, um, you know, put in a, in a project summary and then you know communicate that widely back, knowing that you're still going to you know be pulled into future phases of the project. That just always happens, um, but it's important to you know document what happened, celebrate the success, and also you know I would say most important, celebrate the people and the heroes who made those things possible. Whether that was you know your team, your project lead, your SI. All of those people should get credit for for the work that they did. Really, you as a as a leader, it's it's going to depend on the team that that did that work. So make sure that they get um, the credit and props for doing uh, so as well. Um, I would say, you know, Raven Intel. We are a peer review site. Write about your experience out on uh, you know our site. That helps your peers learn from all of your hard work as well. Um, so you know, don't be bashful about being very candid about the highs and lows because it's going to help somebody else that's in your shoes six months or a year from now. And I think by, by the same token, there's folks who could uh, stand again by checking out Raven Intel before and during their projects to find out what other people have learned or experienced from this. I mean, it's, it's one of the values uh, and why, you know, your counsel on this, your perspective is so, so broad and so helpful. Um, Bonnie, I wanted to ask one, a follow-up here to what you were talking about at the end, right? Because in some ways, this, this legacy term of, okay, 
we're at the end of the project, let's do a postmortem. And there, there's absolutely value in that. But it seems more like today that it's, it's almost as important to say, and let's do a look ahead. Because I just hear more and more from companies that as they get into some of these transformation projects, it opens up ideas and possibilities that they could never have thought of before from doing things the old way. So what did we discover along the way that might be the next project or a parallel project that goes on? So is that something that ought to be considered as well? Absolutely. So the look back is lessons learned and you know how can we get smarter for the next time that we do that? But to your point, the look ahead to say, so now we've gotten this system in place that's helped us with efficiency, right? How do we now scale that so it's becoming, you know, a revenue generating engine for us? Or how do we take the success of this particular area that we have a model for and how do we apply that to other projects within the business? Um, because, you know, you can easily take a successful project and the components of it and then, you know, move that into other aspects of the business and, um, you know, from all, from all the learnings. But that look ahead and what's next and what's next, what can we do um, now to be firing on all cylinders, um, I think is, is really smart. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, I, this is 20 or so years ago, but... Um... At an uh, event that we were doing, uh, Jack Welch was our guest speaker, and um, I had a chance to interview him for about 45 minutes, and then we took questions from the audience, and somebody said, asked a question, something along the lines of this. They said, well, it sounds like you don't really care for CIOs. And Jack Welch said, no. He said, I love them. He said, I really, really love them. He said, but too often they can get overly focused on the invention, and he said, what I need are people who can take that invention and amplify it and magnify it across the company, get it into practice, get us driving value, let us learn from it, move forward on it and so on. And I think this framework that you've just shared with everyone is a great way to do that. Um, Bunny, do you have by any chance, you know, do you have, uh, you know, Tinder's uh, rules for communication? Do you have that documented somewhere? Could that somebody find that at Raven Intel? Um, uh, if I don't, I need to get that um, put, put on paper, but yes. Um, so um, we will, you know, our, our blog post is full of, you know, concepts for, you know, keeping your project on track. Um, I will document everything that I talked about here. We'll put it in a blog post as well. You'll find that at ravenintel.com um, in the coming days uh, to accompany this as well. But um, you know, again, as you mentioned before, that framework of communication, um, you know, and, and sort of having those those sort of standard things, although it's different in every project and every company has their sort of, you know, own own brand of how to do things. I think keeping some of these just major concepts um, top of mind as you're building out your communication strategy is is really helpful. And Bonnie, before we wrap up here, could you could you turn uh, the look at your message on the board there and would you lead us in a little chant of that saying because i i think we all need to really internalize that that's right and it's it's and it really is relevant for whatever you're doing whether it's digital transformation or you know leading a, a small project for your particular particular function and it's the art of communication is the language of leadership and to the extent that you can communicate what you are doing and the impacts that you're bringing through your work um, that is how you're going to get support internally and, and make your project successful. 
Well, Bonnie, that's fantastic. Uh, as always, you've shared a lot of great ideas with everybody. Thank you so much for this. And it's stuff that I guess at some point we say, hey, you know, when I was six, you know, I sort of understood everything there is about communication, but we, we never really master it. It's something we learn and go for and going forward. And as these projects get uh, more chance to have a bigger impact, and we've got to do them in a shorter period of time with more implications for what it means for the company. I think all of these uh, guidelines and, and uh, pieces of advice that you've shared just take on greater importance. So thanks a million for being here and for sharing this with everybody. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Bonnie. Well, we'll see you again next month. And thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. We hope that the next time Bonnie's back, we're going to be talking about spring flowers and beautiful orchid type things behind Bonnie <laughs> rather than blizzards all over the center of the country. So without a doubt. Very good. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.